Good evening, everyone. I'm here with Matthew Giannato. I'm Nathan Tani. And I'm also joined by Mr. Zachary Christopher, a.k.a. Mr. Peanut. Peanut, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Long time uh, listener, first time caller. Oh, the Bob and Tom reference. Gotta love that. <laughs> we're off to a good start. So today we're going to be going over the... Uh, the uh, 2021 NFL draft and, uh, you know, kind of talking about it from an NFL perspective, talking about it from a fantasy perspective and, you know, just really kind of diving deep into it. And uh, it should be uh, a great conversation. I will also need a small violin at some point during the podcast. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to start there. So, so I need a, my small violin now. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a trouble in, in Cheeseville. Yeah, it Yo. all started this weekend when we didn't draft a guy with the last name of Cheese Man, a long snapper out of Michigan. You can see why all shit went to hell. We had a golden opportunity right there and completely blew it. So so Aaron Rodgers wants out of of Green Bay. Yeah. Well, why, so we were texting about this a little bit earlier. You think it's nothing. Is that do you still believe that it is nothing? So, it's not nothing, obviously. It's completely blown up way out of proportion, but it's obviously not nothing. What's going on right now is in Green Bay, Rodgers, obviously, there's been a rift that's been kind of building up over the last three or so years since Goody became the GM, Brian Gutenkunz. And Rodgers has pretty much just said he's had it with it. And I don't really blame him after last year's draft where they pretty much, the Packers front office, bet against Rodgers by taking what would be his future replacement and saying, Rodgers, you're probably just going to decline. And then he went and just showed up, showed everyone wrong there. So I understand where his anger is kind of coming from. I It could be due to the fact that even back, like when it was his first move as GM, Goody cut Jordy, never resigned Cobb. I mean, he said something today about Whitewater Jesus, who was Jake Kumaro. No one besides like Packers fans will actually know who that is because he like he he's a practice squad wide receiver who Rogers liked. He said that on a radio show once, then Goody cut him the next day. So like it's just he they've been making him feel like he's not like part of management which he's not he's a quarterback obviously so it's very fair to be on the side of the team be like look you're a quarterback just fucking go play football like that's your job yeah but it's a tough it's a tough situation and it looks like i i truthfully think it's going to end up with him playing this year and then probably getting traded before next year's draft i think he knew the timing behind this it was too it was too like it was too close to draft time for it to actually materialize something on draft day. He wouldn't be able to be traded till June 1st anyway for contract issues. And I, I just think it, it'll it make more sense to for the Packers to trade him in the offseason next year. And Rodgers would obviously have to agree to that or just sit out and pay back a lot of money to the Packers. So we'll see what happens. So you... you... You think that there's a bit uh, like what, what percentage chance do you think that he'll play for the Packers past these next two years? Next I, year, I don't. Uh, I think pretty much it'll be his last year if he even plays. So I mean, it's not very not not looking very good for anything beyond this next year. I would say. And so, and you're siding with the, the organization rather than with Aaron Rodgers, because I'm kind of with Aaron Rodgers here. Like, the the GM has not made any moves to help him out. Like, he's, you guys are clearly a good team. You, yeah, that whole number one offense in the league thing this year was a was a tough one to swallow for Aaron, I guess. But yeah, you know, you're going to say something, so I can let you. You can say something if you want. Yeah, so I, I just have two thoughts on this. Um, I mean, the, the first is stealing from Mina Kimes. She made this point today that Aaron Rodgers is right now the human embodiment of GameStop. Because what happened, right, was the Packers essentially shorted Aaron Rodgers by taking Jordan Love. 
and Aaron Rodgers said, okay, I'm going to go be MVP this year, right? The Packers are essentially these hedge fund managers who got screwed over by regular random Redditors shooting GameStop to the moon. I mean, that, yeah. that's what happened to the Packers. And yeah. the second piece that I, I think should make Packers fans a little more nervous than they are right now is right now Aaron Rodgers has the same agent as Carson Palmer did when Carson Palmer retired from the Bengals to force them to trade him to the Raiders. So it's not unprecedented for a player to retire until essentially the team is willing to trade his rights to another team. Yeah. Which would be it next to do something. When I'm, like, I agree with you. Something like that might happen. I just don't think he'll retire for what A.J. Hawk said today because A.J. Hawk was with him all weekend at the, at the Kentucky Derby stuff. And he, he came out and said, like, I really don't – I think there's, like, a 0% chance, in his opinion, that he's going to retire. And he also never said to go out and fire the Packers GM. But Yeah, so what, what can the Packers do to mend their relationship and, like, keep Aaron Rodgers? Like, can they do anything at this point? Or is it just too – too? would anything so, be too little too late at this point? I'm kind of at the point where, like, it almost seems like there might not be a way to mend the relationship with him. Like, it kind of seems like Rodgers just wants to cut it loose, which is a bad – which is not which is not a good thing for us, obviously, but might as well just rip the Band-Aid off now and just get it over with. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen within the next year anyway. I wish he would and come you might back have... and just play one more and just be like, look, trade me in the offseason – you're I'm giving you your fair warning. There's that. There's well, nothing, and nothing you might as well get some you might as well get some value for him too if you're the Packers, right? Mm-hmm. If the relationship truly is done. If you're not bringing Aaron Rodgers back in the fold of you know being content with playing for the Packers, you might as well go out and get value for him. As as difficult as that is to say, right? We're talking about Which, arguably the the most talented quarterback of all time. And we're talking about, oh, just trade him to get those first-round picks. Obviously, it's not as easy as that. But if he's gone anyways, yeah, does it make sense to trade him a year early yeah. to get some so, more value if you know he's leaving next year? So if the Packers were going to trade him this year, they would have traded him to the 49ers for three overall and obviously a bunch of other stuff involved in that. But like John Lynch has been interested and called in the past, not this year. Kyle Shanahan actually came out and admitted that he called Matt LaFleur, which is complete tampering and asked about Aaron Rodgers, but he, for some reason, admitted it today, you know, whatever. And LaFleur told him, yeah, no. So like if they were going to trade him, I think for this year, they would have done it in the off season and they probably would have sent him to San Fran for three overall. Cause it just would have been the best value they would have gotten. Yeah. So, and they would have like, taken a cornerback there as well. Actually, I don't think they would. If we were that high, I don't think we would have taken a corner. Probably would have gone after a running back or something. No one's yeah. the Packers. Mac no. Jones. Pullback. It would have been like a pullback. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think the, the, the other interesting piece about this whole Aaron Rodgers thing is really starting in you know, the mid-2000s, late-2000s, early-2010s, um, with LeBron's shift from the Cavs to the Heat. That was really the catalyst that kicked off um, the current period we're in for the NBA of player empowerment and players, you know, forcing teams to trade them or pushing teams to trade them and going to situations that they want to be in. James Harden, Anthony Davis. Exactly. You don't see that as often in the NFL. Um, Really, the first thing you saw was Brady leaving New England. Now, obviously, that wasn't through forcing a trade. But uh, Brady essentially forced the hand of the Patriots that there was no way I got a they better could force one for him you. to stay. I got a better first one for you. My my Bears fan friends will like me for this one, but Khalil Mack getting out of Buffalo. Oakland, but yeah. Oakland. Or Oakland, what a, my bad, Oakland. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Went, to co- went to college at Buffalo. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> and and that, that is a good example. I'm thinking more of, you know, you, you see pass rushers get traded. Sometimes you see top level defensive players get traded. Sometimes Jalen Ramsey is another good example. You never see top flight quarterbacks get traded or rarely even switch teams, right? Because of the way the NFL is set up is so easy for teams to retain their own players. Brady's one of the first 
in our lifetime at least, top-level quarterbacks who chose to leave of their own decision, right? Peyton Manning's different. The Colts were ready to move on from him. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones. And, and, and there's other, you know, kind of mid-tier guys, right? Carson Evans, Palmer. Carson Palmer, right? There's other guys who left, but no top-tier guys. And of no. course, you know, Brady's not what he once was. But if Aaron Rodgers could pull this off, if Aaron Rodgers could force a team as the sitting MVP to trade him, I think that tra- changes the dynamics of the league forever. I think it would too. And, and especially with a draft setting, like you don't get to pick where you go like at all. Like you have no is, choice in where you go. Tell that Rod- to Eli Manning. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. For, for Rodgers right now, the problem is he doesn't have leverage. Like the Packers literally could just be like, look, we're not trading you. And then no trade happens. Like I don't know if they'll do that or not. I'm not saying they're going to do that. I'm just saying like, if they wanted to, that's what they could say. And then Rogers would be like, okay, I'll just retire and sit out the next like three years. Cause like, there's nothing he can do to get out of the contract to the Packers. And like, he'll end up having to pay back a lot of money. So like the Packers have been adamant that they're not trying to, to trade Rodgers, at least at the moment. And I think they're not going to this summer. Who knows? Who who knows what will happen? I mean, the worst case scenario for the Packers, though, is he retires. Yeah. Because then you you lose the sitting MVP, you lose your franchise quarterback, and you get nothing in return. You just save money. Or you, yeah, he gives you some money, and he doesn't care about money. Point, like the in diff- right once the window and jeopardy will pay him 10 million dollars a year to go host yeah so the difference is they're not putting aaron Rodgers on a team to go win the super bowl so i think the packers are aware that they don't want to put him on a team like denver who's pretty much like if they get a quarterback guy like they could be a really scary team next year even in the same division as the chiefs but like they don't want to send him to a team that's just going to go then win the Super Bowl and pull a Tom Brady, like what he did with the Bucks. And like, I, I'm thinking they're just going to be like, look, you're either going to play for us or you're going to retire. That's kind of the stance. It seems like the Packers front office yeah. is, is taking yeah. with it. And like, if that ends up with him retiring, that it ends up with him retiring. And I hope he stays retired and never goes to the Vikings. But like. Hmm. Chicago, I think would be funnier. It's not like we haven't been through this before. Chicago would be funnier. <laughs> so you, you, for you, would be funnier. For speaking of that, so you do not like Brett Favre. Would that, those feelings reciprocate towards Aaron Rodgers after all of the the enjoyment that he's brought you watching him play football? No, I hate Favre. Favre's the Favre. Uh, I know. So I didn't get to really see all the great moments of Favre because I was really, really, really young, like literally just born. And then I got to witness Favre having multiple losing seasons, throwing like 20 to 30 interceptions every year and pretty much walking out every game after throwing a pick and saying, fuck you to the Packers and going to the, the Packers arch rival. Like Rodgers, even if he did something like that, I still wouldn't hate him as much as Favre. I would really hate him to the Bears or the Vikings, but like – I don't think I'd ever, I could ever hate him as much as Favre because, like, no, that situation. Because it also didn't help that I was at that Giants game where he threw the pick and then walked off and said, fuck you to the Packers. So, yeah. I, I don't, like, I just, like, Favre is just, I'm never going to. So, it, it would be different. Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, by far different. So. I mean, put it this way. I'll always be a Packers fan, no matter who the quarterback is. Even if their quarterback was uh, Mitch Trubisky? Sadly, yes. Let's not put that thought in my head, though. (laughs) What if they traded Rodgers and they got Trubisky as like a stopgap quarterback? I literally can't imagine anything that could make me happier. I mean, I already had to deal with the Sean Kaiser, and I'm pretty sure most of you guys saw me when that happened. Whoa, 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 whoa. We will not stand for any Deshaun Kaiser. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be not. <laughs> 419, baby. Out the mud. Uh, so, segueing into the NFL draft, just round one, who it was the biggest – no, not the just round. Who do you think's team got better overall from this year's draft? 
I want to I want to start off with something real quick though, Tony. I want to ask you guys a quick question. How many okay. how many players drafted did Miami University in Oxford, Ohio have this year? Zero? One? We had one. We had one? That's more than it's more than West Virginia. How many people drafted did the Michigan State Spartans have? I think that's a big fat zero. Zero. And apparently WVU, West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia also also had zero. zero. So what I'm hearing is Miami's a better football school than than Michigan State and West Virginia. Let's go. I mean, when you're the cradle, (laughs) when you're the cradle of coaches, you just, you know, you know big Tommy Doyle is gonna hold it down for for the Red Hawks. Absolutely. Who was the one guy? Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle. I Headed to Buffalo. He's going to be John Allen's best friend. That's awesome. Rise up. You got to you got to love the Red Hawk. Got to love Tommy. 161 facts like that. Got, we, Tommy Doyle joining. This is what we live for as Miami fans. Tom, no Tommy Doyle joining the uh the elite ranks of Ben Roethlisberger and Sam Sloman. Sam Sloman. Is that <laughs> it? That's all of the all of the, the, the players drafted in the NFL draft from Miami? Brandon Brooks. I mean Quentin Rollins Quentin was drafted. Rollins, yeah. Brandon Dude, Brooks. Second you know, round. Um, yeah, how'd I mean, that turn out? Yeah, Miami's an elite school for football players, clearly. We're yeah, definitely I'm, top five Mac football programs at this point. That's not that hard of a take. What do you mean by this point? Like of all time? Uh no, just like right now. Oh well, yeah. I mean, first of all, aim a little higher, Tommy. I'd say we're higher than top five. That's kind of set the bar I'm really. Saying, well. I was I'm being saying we're top there. two, not two. Top um, two, not two. I I love it, Gio. The blind confidence. Last time I checked, <laughs> two years ago, only one MAC team led Ohio State five to zero at one point, and that that's was a, only one. The, only one team based out of the state of Ohio. UC got shut out by Ohio State. We put up five. We were leading. I mean, I, mean, I don't think happened. it's a stretch. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Miami's a better football school than Cincinnati, even though they beat us like twelve. Yeah, I was gonna say we we may have lost to UC that year by a couple TDs, but we scored at Ohio Stadium. We would have beaten them five to nothing, and that's all that we would have. We would have. All right, and that's all that matters. We're getting a little sidetracked. Oh, but that's the best part. Oh, 100%. So, Nathan, you were asking about who do we think had, like, the like I guess, like, the best first round of the draft. Yeah, whose team got better? Like, who, who do you think made a bigger – the biggest jump into becoming, you know, a Super Bowl contender? Say so it has to have been, like, pretty good. Yeah, so, like, um, obviously a team like the Jets, which has multiple picks, and I believe the Dolphins and the Jaguars, like – when you have multiple picks, you obviously are going to be doing the best. So I think we should try and avoid those, like, and just see, like, yeah. See, well, my two are teams we first round or overall. Overall, but my, my two teams, and it's mostly just based out of the first round, is probably San Francisco and Chicago. I mean, those were both two relatively good teams last year. Forty ers had some issues, but they get a quarterback. They clearly have a good offensive scheme and and a, and a good defense, like. They could win that division next year with, with no issues. And it's a good division. See, I, I question a little bit um, if their draft makes them significantly better this year. Right? I, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be a bust by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, you watch him play. Obviously, only played one game this past fall. Um, but you know, you look at you look at the run North Dakota State had um, in the fall of 2019. 17 and 0 as a starter. Yeah, and I mean, and he tore through FCS competition, which is no joke. I mean, no, those are no. those are division those are Division One athletes. Those are, I mean, those are some really good uh, football players. I'm just not sure he's ready to be a starter this year, and I don't think he will be the starter yeah. at least for a significant portion of the season. Maybe and I'm are. not sure. I'm not sure they've got the team that's a Super Bowl contender with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Lance will end up taking over at a point. 
whether that's you know week four, week five, or week sixteen, I think it very much depends on how Garoppolo is playing and how the team's playing because they want to win. I mean, they want to. I mean, they were in a Super Bowl two years ago and should have won. And they they could win. And I think adding Trey Sermon as well to that backfield that it's going to give them, I think, a legit one and a great football player. Like, I'm not I don't know. I'm excited to watch them play. The As a Rocky yeah. Mostert fantasy owner, I am not happy about yeah. Trey Sermon pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I still a- think Rocky will be the one, the number one running back to start the season. But we'll yeah. s- you never know. Yeah. Another thing too. That's a really good division this year. I mean, the the Rams getting Matthew Stafford, that's a really good division this year. So I think unless you you are an elite team, I don't think you're going to be hanging in the NFC West. And I don't think the 49ers are an elite team. You don't think they've made that jump? Okay, that's interesting. And I don't think – well, I don't think Trey Lance gets them to elite this year. I think he could if he maxes out his potential in years to come. Yeah. I don't think he gets them to elite this year. I mean, he's definitely the worst quarterback in the division as of right now. I mean, between Kyler. Well, Jimmy G might actually be worse. Yeah. He'll still be the starter. Yeah. Kyler, Matt Stafford, and Russ, like three solid quarterbacks with consistent coaching as well. I think Cliff Kingsbury's an idiot, but we'll see. Dude knows how to draw up passing plays. I'll tell you that much. He does. He doesn't know how to play defense, though. Yeah, not a well, that's, the, that's the that, big that's the big twelve way. They're gonna start taking shots at each other in that division, though. It's gonna like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if most like teams are like five hundred, like all the teams flood around five hundred within the division yeah. because they're just it's just gonna be like competitive. Gio, I said the NFC West, not the NFC East. I mean in division within division. Oh, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying record wise. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious what what uh, divisions they're playing. I'm about to look it up, so you guys continue to. So, what I was thinking with um with Trey Lance, I agreed with Peanut that like I agree with you, Peanut that I think he's not gonna start at least at the beginning of this year, and I don't think they're gonna try and start him at all for this entire first year, barring some kind of injury to Jimmy G again. So, with his injury yeah. history, which could very well happen. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a smart move. Um, it is it is hard to sit rookie quarterbacks nowadays. I get that. Yeah. Uh, but I de- the, the smart move is yeah. sit him for a year and then um, either get rid of Jimmy G next summer or have some sort of open quarterback competition. Yeah. If you don't think the Lance yeah. is full or the job is fully Lance's almost, um, going into the summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost similar to like a Mahomes situation, kind of like one year behind Dallas yeah. Smith. Then. And that, that absolutely, that's the thing with Trey Lance is he he has raw talent, but does things not incredible, and you know, kind of a reason he wasn't in the FBS. Like he has some flaws that Kyle Shanahan thinks that he can rough around, smooth around. I mean, he he went ten and six with Brian Hoyer as the offensive coordinator for the Browns, I believe. So he he's clearly a good coach. Yeah. In that division, they play the NFC North and the AFC South going in. I so, mean, those are, those are pretty good pairings. I yes. mean, the AFC South, I think, is going to be – they're going to struggle this year. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, the Colts are the only team I look at and say, dang, that's a really – you know, not even a really good team, but that's a competitive team. Yeah. Titans. Titans are all right. This offseason. You're right. I mean, the Titans lost so, so – uh, so many of their receive, so much of their receiving production. Yeah, um, and then obviously the Jaguars are are rebuilding, but and I'm sure we'll get into them a little bit later. Um, and, and then Texans are going not, even, not even going to pick. Not even going to touch the Texans. <laughs> it's it's so. May second that we already know who's going to be competitive for the number one overall pick in 2022. <laughs> I, just just fold the franchise. <laughs> move them to London. Move, move them to move London. Them get them out of here. You heard it here first on this podcast. Three votes for moving the Texans to London. Get them in London. <laughs> Sounds like all oh, we that's... need. Yeah. Let's um, get them to London. So do we want to move down to the selection at number 11. They required a pretty big trade up. Yeah. I would love to get into that. I've got a lot of thoughts. The Bears have a swaggy quarterback. 
they've never had a quarterback that had like any remote sort of drip or swag at all. Like that's good. Hey, hey, sexy Rex Grossman. All right, carried that franchise for years. I, I sexy mean, Rexy. Jay Cutler was just an asshole, and that's probably the only personality they've had in a quarterback in a long time. Yeah. Like Mitch was just a, a dude who just kind of there. Well, and more important, most importantly, the best quarterback the Bears have ever had, Kyle Orton, greatest quarterback in Chicago Bears history. Uh, that's a Jake Jay Cutler smoking a cig though. Yeah, but Kyle Orton's retire. Have you heard Kyle Orton's retirement story? I realize this is a tangent, but no, go for it. He was with the Bills, and it was the end of the season, and the media was doing like end of the season interviews in the locker room. And Kyle said, hey, guys, I got to run to a meeting real quick. I'll be right back. Uh, wait for me. And at this point, Kyle Orton was the starting quarterback for the Bills, right? This was, I don't know, five, six years ago, um, maybe even longer than that, back when the Bills were struggling. Um, and it was like 45 minutes later, the, the media people were still waiting for him. And then one of them got a notif- notification on their phone that Kyle Orton had retired. He just got <laughs> home. He just left and just retired instead of speaking with the media. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and I just think it's awesome. But yeah, that's I hilarious. Mean, my my first dog was named after Kyle Orton when my dad worked at Purdue. So special place in my heart. Very nice. Kyle Orton. I haven't heard that name. But but back back to Justin Fields. So the trade that happened for Justin Fields was the Bears received the number eleven overall pick for obviously they sent their their first overall pick twenty, but they also sent their first overall pick for next year. Um, the 164th overall pick this year and another fourth round pick next year. So they did give up a lot to get Justin Fields here. Yeah, but what it's done is, is I, I saw this earlier, is the Chicago Bears' biggest draft need was hope. They needed hope within the franchise, and, and they got it. And they're, you know, Matt Gill, you know, biggest Bears fan I've ever met is over the moon ecstatic about it and that that's what they needed they needed to bring some sort of hope back into the organization and i think they can be competitive i mean fields will be the day one starter the andy dalton bullshit can get out of here hey this is not a this is not a red rifle slander podcast either the andy dalton <laughs> qb1 has to be one of the funniest offseason things that's happened in a long time what was it and, March 2021 through april 2021 <laughs> yeah, QB one, hey, and then they go hey. and trade for a quarterback. Hey, Andy's getting ten million dollars to be a high level backup, so good for him. They're paying. Well, that's what he did last year. He played right a lot. Yep. So, <laughs> I you know, we all can't help but view everything that happens in a specific sport, somewhat at least, through the lens of our own fandom. Yeah. Um, and as a Patriots fan, uh, I, I we can get into the Mac Jones pick later, but I'm not upset with the Mac Jones pick at all. Obviously, though, would have preferred Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, but seeing how much the Bears had to give up to get Justin Fields, uh, the Patriots probably would have had to give up, given up a little less just because 15 versus 20. I know it's not a huge gap, but you know, may have been maybe may have been able to instead of a fourth rounder, make it a fifth rounder or whatever. Um, But I would also say the Bears and Patriots were in two drastically different situations, right? Yeah. The the Patriots, the quarterback's kind of the missing piece. Um, And there's still some hope. I mean, if you look at the the way Cam Newton played for the first portion of the season, he played really well. I mean, you remember the Seahawks game. He threw five incompletions and threw for like 350 yards. Um. Now that you have actual weapons, it's kind of a, a who knows type deal. Um, and a lot of our new signings, it's it's not a one-year window for the Patriots, right, to find a quarterback. It's a few-year window to find somebody to play at a, a relatively high level. Like you said, Tony, the Bears just needed hope. I mean, yeah. the Bears had – Ryan Pace had no choice but to make this trade. No, he didn't. Like he, when he just, This was a contract extension for Ryan Pace pretty much. I think it's it's keeping his job. Like he needed to make a big move, and he needed to bring hope back into the organization. I mean, every Bears fan that I know, and I think the two that I interact with 
in quotes interact with are Matt Gill and then Big Cat from Barstool. Like, and they're wow. both Rhino, Rhino getting left out in the in the cold. I don't. Rhino doesn't talk much sports. I mean, he was excited, but like, those are the two that I see talk about the Bears the most, and like, they're both ecstatic. And that's Big what they Cat needed. Was also happy about the Mitch pick. He thought he was going to be a franchise quarterback. Just letting you know about that one, though. <laughs> well, let him have its fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean Ryan. Ryan Pace is betting his career, or at least his Chicago Bears career, on Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, but again, Maggie. yeah, that's very true. Again, though, it's a pick they had to make. They had no choice. It's also it's the fourth overall quarterback in the draft taken, which is kind of crazy to think about at 11. The fourth quarterback taken in the draft. So, like, they, like the Bears traded up a lot, and it's not even for, like, like the number two Trevor or like yeah, Trevor Lawrence. But a that. lot of people had him graded as the second best quarterback in the draft. I mean, Tre- Trevor Lawrence is kind of an anomaly. But the other three guys in Wilson, Lance, and Fields, like everyone was sitting there arguing who's the second best QB. And yeah, I think college football-wise, like Fields probably had the best overall career because he played in big game. You know, like Zach Wilson's biggest game was – uh. Against Coastal Coast Carolina. Carolina and uh Jenny didn't play very well. Trey Lance's played in big you know, big games and did very well, but at, at the FCS level, like what Justin Fields did against Clemson in that semifinal was really impressive and a high level team. And and he showed that grit and showed toughness that a lot of people don't have. Don't get me wrong. The Jets are always going to Jets, and this is their time of the year where they always get graded A's in the draft for some reason, but yet they're always in the top five of every draft because they always, you know, draft these people. But it's still, like, it's I'm, it's still just crazy to me that they're, like, how many are going now and, like, how early. And, like, the debate between, like, the t- those three quarterbacks is, like, literally just outside of the top ten now, where that yeah. would have been, like – like it used to be like you used to be able to pick up a quarterback like fields as the fourth he used to he would have fallen into like the second or third round so like well it's a it's a it's a quarterback league now like quarterbacks make all the difference yeah and which which well, is not necessarily the case i think coaching is what's most important but it feels like quarterbacks are yeah well well, yeah. well two things two things one it's a quarterback-driven league, yes, but even more so, it's a quarterbacks who are on rookie contracts-driven yeah. league. I mean, if you can get a quarterback who's really good on a rookie contract, you all but guarantee yourself a playoff spot. Josh Allen uh, and the Bills right now, they're loving it. Baker Absolutely. Mayfield and the Browns. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the Browns, the Bills, and the Ravens are dreading the day, I'm sure, to a certain extent that they have to give big contract extensions to their quarterbacks. And they're going. Were those, uh, <laughs> were those three all the same draft class? They were. Yeah. Yeah. Those three plus Darnold and Rosen. Yeah. Were the first and, round. And Josh Allen. So Josh Allen did go in the first round. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. seventh. Okay. I remember that. So uh, there, I mean, that's five quarterbacks in a first round. Right. Well, and, yeah. and I think that gets to the second piece is – a lot of court. If if you're not a generational talent or considered to be a generally generational talent, some you know the Trevor Lawrence's, the Andrew Lux, Peyton Manning's, John Elway, those type of guys. I think the modern NFL is so based on having an elite offensive-minded coach or someone who is thought to be an elite offensive-minded coach at least draft quarterbacks who are a good fit for their system, right? Yeah. Like, you watch Trey Lance play, and the only thing that goes through my mind now that he's been drafted by the 49ers is, holy shit, this dude's going to be good in Kyle Shanahan's off- offense. Yeah, he will. And right. Shanahan will make the right adjustments as a right offensive-minded coach to fit up yeah. Trey Lance's strength. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about the Ravens. They drafted Lamar Jackson and said, hey, we are changing our entire offense. Did it in the middle of the season. Jackson. That was fucking cool when they just yeah. – rolled yeah. out Lamar and just like completely changed their offense. Like that's just yeah. pure good coaching. But, but I think that's part of the reason Justin Fields fell. Now I don't think he should have fallen as far as 11. And I, we don't need to get into the debate of where he should have been in terms of the quarterback pecking order in this draft. 
But I think to a certain extent, the modern NFL is, hey, who's the best fit for the type of offense we want to run? Yeah. Not who's the best in terms of your typical, you know, what makes a good quarterback tools. It's who can we plug in to succeed in the offense we plan on running? And I think that's at least part of the reason, probably amongst a few other things, as to why Justin Fields fell as far as he fell as far as he did. But again, like you guys were saying earlier, you know, five years ago, eleven's not a low draft pick for a quarterback, right? Eleven's no. like the second or third guy taken off the board. Yeah, but yeah, just Rodgers was the second overall quarterback taken in that draft at twenty-four. <laughs> it's like that's like that's how crazy the times have like shifted. Well, and another thing is with the first rounder, you get that fifth year option, and that just extends your rookie contract out another year as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's why you'll see, you know, Lamar Jackson go at the back half of the first round rather than the start of the second, is because they get that that fifth year option, and you know, I I I think they're gonna they're definitely gonna do it. I don't know if they already have done it yet. But they it did. would be this year. They did. They, yeah, they already did it. They did him yeah, and Jair, Jair on the same day. Yeah, and the, the Bills just did it. Um, on Josh Allen. Or, or yesterday, yeah, for the for Josh Allen, yep. Yeah, that draft apparently had like has like a lot of fifth-year options picked up. Yeah, you saw that Warren Sharp tweet where, where the only one that didn't was Josh Rosen. Yeah, the only quarterback. The only quarterback, yeah. Yeah. Although the Patriots did announce today today that they uh, are not picking up Sony Michelle's fifth year option, which obviously not a surprise. Yeah. I did see, see that. Shod Penny. <laughs> oh, I think we'll that's a, I was gonna say I, was I think gonna... that's a good transition point into what you thought of the Mac Jones selection peanut. Yeah. Um so overall I'm pretty happy. Um Obviously, the Patriots wouldn't take him if they didn't like him, even if he fell to 15, right? They're not going to take a quarterback just to take a quarterback. Um, again, in my own personal rankings as a armchair GM, you know, Mac Jones is probably third or fourth on my QB list um, with all the guys that I'd have above him obviously being taken um, by other teams before the Patriots pick. The thing I'm most excited about is a, you know, I think Mac Jones could be a really good fit. Um, not that he's, not that I think he's going to replicate Tom Brady's success, but he's kind of of that similar mold of a quarterback with maybe not an elite strength um, for his arm, but um, really accurate, really good on those short to intermediate throws, really good at you know quick processing and getting the ball out of his hands quickly but also that we didn't have to trade up. I think the fact that we got a quarterback yeah. who clearly, um, you know, our franchise believes in moving forward um, without having to sacrifice any other assets. I think that is, that's probably the biggest win in my mind out of the Mac Jones pick is we were able to keep all the assets that we have um, moving forward. What do you think that conversation between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick was like, yo, is Mac like good? Like, what, what do you, there definitely that, was a conversation. But right. I, I, I honestly think the Nick Saban Bill Belichick relationship is one of the key cogs in um, the Patriots' success to a certain extent. Because even if it's not an Alabama guy, the fact that Bill has the ear, the trust, and the friendship with Nick Saban to pick his brain on college athletes, I, I think is is huge yeah. for the Patriots' success. I'm not saying that's a reason that they've you know, won six Super Bowls this millennium. But the fact that, um, you know, the most dominant college coach of our lifetime is incredibly close, close friends with the most dominant coach of in uh, or the most dominant NFL coach of our lifetime is obviously not a coincidence. Yeah. And that, that friendship started before either of them grew into the big success that they are today. They started in Cleveland, right? Yep. Uh, yep. There's that Saban documentary. Belichick staff. Yeah, it was that. Um, There's a document. I think it was a documentary where like they just like follow around to Bill and Nick Saban like talking, and they 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 left yeah. him. Belichick's like, "Yo, can you guys give us like a minute?" And they left their mics on, and they were like thinking like, "Oh, like what are they gonna talk about?" And all they did was talk about football. Like that's literally all they they know because yeah. that's their lot. Yeah, 
You want to know a crazy? You want to know a crazy Nick Saban stat? He has now sure. third, 39 first round selections at Alabama, and twenty two losses. That's nuts. And, and he's, he's forty four total, but obviously a majority of his work coming at Alabama. Yeah. Well, and he's adapted to the game. I mean, he was – look at that Alabama offense this year, and, and they used to just be a defensive team. and That's the style Nick Saban wants to play, but he. I remember uh, – I think I heard something or read something where, like, he was so against some of the pass interference changes for, 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 uh, for college football. But it was like, okay, like, I'm just going to, like, change how I do everything now. And he's now got juggernaut offenses with – you know, four first round wide receiver picks in the last two years. Like that was that 2017 recruiting class. If you look at it, I think it had like eight total or 10 total first round picks or something between two drafts. And like, yeah, like an absurd amount of people drafted from that draft class. It's like, it's just absolutely insane. Like, like Devontae Smith was the first class. Guy. He played Gunner this year, he won a Heisman. And he's out there on special teams because he's been playing that all the time because he couldn't get on the field. Because Judy, Ruggs, and Waddle were in front of him. Like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, the 27 re- recruiting class, 2017 recruiting class had Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, which talk about a reach, classic John Gruden, um, Dylan Moses, Jerry Judy, Tua, Xavier McKinney, Devontae Smith, Ruggs, I'm just scrolling through this. This is insane. Was Holy there cow. Tan in that one too? He no, might have been the Mac one before. Jones was. Of course he was. <laughs> Holy <laughs> cow. What Jed- a, I mean, what a, what a recruiting class. Jedrick Wills, 10 overall to the Browns. Yeah, he was not the, the – oh, yeah, he was. 27 recruiting, 2017 recruiting class. You're right. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. That's fucking – like that's he's at the point now where like he Nick Saban doesn't actually have to recruit people anymore. He just no, he does. Like, like no, the it, point it's, is it's the Coach K. Like, and, yeah, it, it's the it's the Coach K and John Calipari level stuff where they may not get all the top recruits, but they're going to have one of the top recruiting classes just based off of reputation. Alone. Yeah, and like yeah. You, you watch the NFL draft, like you see how many Ohio State, Alabama, like that's the recruiting. You know, it's once they come absolutely. calling, you you're going because that's yeah, that's your absolutely. best pathway to get to the NFL, yeah, and that's what their yeah. goal is. You know, no college football player, you know, at that level is like, oh, I'm gonna go get a degree and maybe play in. The-. No, they want to play in the fucking NFL, right? Yeah. And we were talking about Devonta Smith earlier. I think that's another good segue point to talk about something else that was absolutely kind of insane that happened here. And that was the that was what actually led to the Giants trading out of the eleven spot originally. And what that was was the Eagles and the the Eagles and the Cowboys actually agreed to a trade to screw the Giants. And I honestly thought it was one of the most funny like like one of the most funny things I'd seen in a long time. Yeah. Like they legitimately just like they I mean the Cowboys were smart. They they were gonna take one of the two top cornerbacks. They both went right before them. They're like, fuck, what do we do? They got an extra pick and take the linebacker who they probably would have taken anyway. So and the Eagles taking Devonta Smith, like the Giants were pretty much saying, Yeah, that's who we wanted there. <laughs> yeah. Well and part of me I mean, yes, it, it is hysterical that the Cowboys and Eagles are like, hey. Let's not let the Giants get Smith. I mean, that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that oh, puts so that, fun. That, that's like one of three moments in the past decade that you can say, you know, the, the quote for the NBA is like, oh my God, this league, because the NBA is so good. Yeah. The NFL isn't that. But that's one of those moments that's, where it's like, oh, maybe the NFL can turn into the NBA in terms of pettiness eventually. Yeah. And that's got to be, I think that's probably the most like, Hate within a division it has to be between those three teams, and then the football team's kind of there. But the, you know, the, but, the Cowboys and the Eagles fucking hate each other, at least from their right. fan base perspective, and they both which, hate the Giants. Which is what I make what I think makes that kind of interesting is that Jerry Jones was clearly okay with the Eagles getting Devonta Smith, but yeah, wasn't okay the with the Giants getting him, right? And I think that's kind of interesting, and um. Just kind of a subplot of it. I mean, who knows? I think the Eagles are one of the most interesting teams moving forward. 
Um, I mean, who knows what that team could be, but clearly the Cowboys are okay with their getting one of the top wide receivers in the draft class, but clearly they're not okay it's with the, the Giants, Giants getting it. Or they're more okay, at least, with the Eagles getting yeah. it. Yeah. Devonta Smith, I think, is going to be a really good player. I think he just needs to put on, like, 20 to 30 pounds of muscle, which, yeah. he'll, which he'll do in an NFL weight yeah. room. But I hope yeah. he doesn't. I hope he stays skinny and just torches everybody. I mean, I'm fine with that as long as he's successful and healthy. He, he just can't That'd be get cool. like you know killed by a linebacker on the field. Just he needs yeah. to have a way to survive. Vontez Burfecht's out. Vontez Burfecht's out of the league. So That's true. Okay. That's true. That is very but true. While we're, while we're on the topic of wide receivers, I want to talk about Cincinnati um, Bengals. A, a class action lawsuit that the city of Cincinnati should file against the Bengals for taking <laughs> Jamar Chase. <laughs> Of our Penesol. But dude, those yeah. shoes were fire. The shoes, the shoes were, were fire. Really and you know you know they were. Yeah. <laughs> the shoes were sick. And I mean, Joe Burrow is gonna be laying on the ground looking down at his shoes a lot this year without Penesol. That's I, very true. I agree with you. I actually I, thought they should have taken Penesol. I yeah. just I just I mean, it just kind of seemed like Jamar Chase from the entire night everyone knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. And, and I I think my thing is Jamar Chase is not a bad pick, right? Even within the context of the Bengals' offensive line being disastrous last year, Jamar Chase still is not a bad pick. No, it's not. I just think I think it is so tough to um, swallow the idea of the year after you take the guy who's supposed to be your franchise quarterback, number one overall, who ends the season by tearing his ACL, uh, not just his ACL. I mean, everything in right. his knee was replaced. Like, right. the whole damn knee. Right. And even before the injury, it was clear your offensive line was not up to the task. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you pass may be all pro. I, I think that's just such a tough thing to swallow. Well, I understand they've got some guys blind. I understand. They made some free agent signings. Scar was a bigger deal than the new so Bengals. I agree teams. with you, Pete. Not, I'm just gonna like a sake for mm-hmm. argument. So this year, in the draft, as in excluding Kyle Pitts, because they were considering him a tight end. But overall, like the first wide receiver to be overall since Julio Jones. So, right. He just had his knee replaced. Wants him. We we kind of, and this guy could potentially be if he if he turns out to be like Julio Jones was like they have then a number one wide receiver for the next ten years. So I, I get I I agree with you. Like I thought they should have taken Penn Will. It just would have it just made the most sense, especially with um Billy Price them not picking up his fifth year option, which means they're pretty much giving up on him. I saw mm-hmm. I saw that today. So like I, yep. I like I, I just think it would have made more sense, but I I do think they just think Jamar Chase is that guy. Like in yeah. like it, Julio Jones. Yeah. And again, I don't think it's a bad trade or sorry a bad pick right i, I just think penny Sewell's the smarter would have been the smarter decision yeah but, but it's uh, the Bengals. that's fair that's fair and also thinking about that division and some of the d lines and like tj watt coming after your ass and miles garrett and jadavian clowny like in the it's ravens also, but- d line is also pretty solid like 
Let's also think about it this way. We got a guy wearing Cincinnati shoes saying, Cincinnati, come get me. Cincinnati needs that guy. Cincinnati doesn't get that guy that often. They don't have the athlete begging to come to Cincinnati. So we finally got one here. That's Might true. Have the fun with it. That's true. I That's guess. very true. Well, we're going on 50 minutes here. There's just so much to talk about, and, well, we can – we can do another pod, but I, I, does anyone have any closing remarks? Uh, I liked the Packers corner pick. I mean, nothing spectacular. We took a receiver in the third round, who I think will actually eventually have some fantasy value. Um, I think the Steelers are idiots for drafting Najee Harris in the first round than a tight end in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd hate to be the guy who uh... – Owns James Ro- James Robinson in fantasy right now. I hate to be the guy who traded for James Robinson like two weeks ago for for the like the one ten. <laughs> Sorry, Pierce. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are gonna go to the Super Bowl. That's where I'll leave that. Where uh, Andrew Barry is the smartest man in the NFL, and uh, we're gonna go to the Super Bowl. All right, guys. Notice we'll- Tony. No, notice Tony doesn't attach a year to when the Browns are gonna go to the Super Bowl. Twenty Browns Super Bowl coming to you in twenty seventy nine. The Cleveland Browns Super Bowl twenty twenty two. If this podcast gets two hundred and fifty views, okay, that's <laughs> I will get a tattoo on my ass of the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl Super Bowl champions twenty twenty two. For you'll okay. get it right well, now. You'll get it this one, year. One, yeah. Wait, <laughs> okay. wait, wait. This pod, one, this podcast is getting two hundred fifty views now. We're getting, we're getting ten thousand no. views. Ten thousand. No, 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 no. You can't take ten thousand views. It is too late. We will we'll see who all listen to the podcast all the way through, and we'll see if they hear this. If not. Shit, Kristen's gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting uh, 250 t- people to, to listen to this. I'm just letting you know. 250 <laughs> unique viewers. Unique viewers. Deal. Easy. All right. Done. See you guys later. <laughs> See ya. Bye.